Good morning, church. Let's stand up. Let's put our hands together. We're going to worship together this morning. I praise in the valley, praise on the mountain. I praise when I'm sure, praise when I'm doubting. I praise when I'm number, praise when surrounded.
Church, you may be seated. We have a very special parent-child dedication with Pastor Sam. Uh, as they are, are coming forward to dedicate their children to the Lord. And you know what's really special today is in just a little bit, uh, we're going to be having a baptism, and two of the kids that were dedicated in this church today are getting baptized. Isn't that a miracle? Amen. And I want to say that that's our goal as we partner alongside families and encourage them and equip them to lead their families in a relationship with the Lord. Um, our goal is that they will put faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. Uh, we believe in the scripture, Psalms 145, 4 says, one generation will commend your works to another. Our goal as a church is to commend the works of our heavenly father to the next generation. So that's what we believe in. Amen. All right, I want to introduce you to our beautiful families that we have here, and I'm going to introduce Hayden Rose McCullum over here, and she's looking away. She's waving at the band. She's, she's already going to decide to be in the band, but she's the daughter of Patrick and Anna McCullum. Hi. Hi. She has big, blue, beautiful eyes, right? You can see her picture up there. Isn't she beautiful? And Hayden, uh, your first name, I know you're looking at your picture, looking how good you are, comes from the word, the Hay Valley, and that comes from the English. Rose is a fragrant flower. Did you know that? Hi. Hi. Good to see you. And so my blessing for you today is Hayden Rose. Today we dedicate you to the Lord, acknowledging that you are a precious gift from God. Did you know that? Yes? Yes, she's smiling. Okay. Just as your name signifies beauty and fragrance, may your life reflect the love and grace of your heavenly Father. May you know in wisdom and knowledge, and may your heart overflow with compassion and kindness, even towards your brothers and sisters, okay? Uh, and we commit to raising you, Hayden Rose, in the ways of the Lord, and we will teach you his word and his ways, and we pray that you will develop a deep relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And your passage of scripture is this. You want to see it? It's Psalms 145, and it says, verses 15 and 16, the eyes of all look to you in hope. Yes. And it says, you give them their food as they need it, and when you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. You're just waving at all your friends up here. God bless you, Hayden Rose. <laughs> Can we give that family a round of applause? All right, and so first up, we have Catalina and uh, Tammy Elias, and um, uh, she is the daughter of Marion and Lynn Elias. Hi. 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 Good morning. Catalina, your name means blessed one. Did you know you're blessed? You did. You did? Can you say hi to everybody? Well, not, it's not time to go yet, but that's, that's good. And uh, your, your middle name, Tammy, means to submit, and that comes from the Old English. And so my blessing for you today, you want to read it with me? You want to look at it? It says, today we gather to dedicate you to the Lord, recognizing the pure and precious gift that you are to our lives. Did you know you're a gift? I, you knew it. Oh, man. And may your life be a reflection of the blessings, purity, and goodness, and love. Uh, as you grow, may you seek the Lord with all your heart. You're, you have a beautiful smile. Did you know that? You do. Okay. All right. And, and for he alone can lead you the path of righteousness. Shine brightly in his word. And Catalina, with a spirit of kindness, compassion, and generation, may you be a source of inspiration and hope to those around you. And may your life be a testament to God's faithfulness and a living example of his love. All right. My verse for you is 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
Amen. God bless you. Can I have a high five? You are so sweet. All right. Let's give him a, give her a round of applause. And so over here, we have my man Legend over here. And I didn't know how to write a dedication for a young man named Legend. So I'm going to do my best, okay, buddy? All right. So Legend means a remarkable person or event. But you already knew that you're a remarkable person, didn't you? You are, you are looking a little sleepy there, my friend. Hang on there. And his middle name, Alexander, Defender of the People. Do you know that you're a defender? Legend Alexander, may your life be filled with purpose and meaning as you grow in the knowledge of God's word. And may you be a defender of truth, justice, and righteousness. And may your life be a testimony to the power of God's love and grace. May you always walk in his presence and experience his abundant blessings. And my prayer for you is that as you journey through this life, May you serve the needs of those around you, even your little sister, okay? Or your big sister, actually. Uh, those around you, and share with them the good news of Christ. God bless you, legend, Alexander. First Peter 3.15, in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. God bless you, buddy. Hi. Can we give legend a round of applause? Amen. All right. All right, my man Ethan over here. What's up, Ethan? How you doing? You want to say hi to everybody? No. Okay. Okay, all right. Well, that's all right. Maybe we'll say hi to him later, okay? So Ethan Allen Cole Blanton, son of Roger and Angela Blanton. And Ethan, you know what your first name means? Do you know what it means? No, but what is it? It means strong. Do you have any muscles? Can I see your muscles? Where's your muscles? I can't find mine either. Alan means noble and handsome. You fit that pretty good. You're handsome, right? Uh, Cole means victorious. So hopefully you're victorious in all things, right? So Ethan, Alan, Cole, today we dedicate you to the Lord, recognizing that you are a precious blessing bestowed upon us by God. Just as your name signifies strength, nobility, and victory, may your life exemplify these qualities and bring honor to your heavenly Father. May you grow in wisdom and understanding, and may your heart be filled with kindness and compassion towards others. May you always rely on his strength, guidance, and you may you be a light in this world, spreading hope and encouragement, and may your life be a testament of God's victory and triumph. And my verse for you is Exodus chapter 14, uh, verse 14. The Lord will fight with you. You only need to be still. All right, can I get a fist bump? Boom, thank you, sir. Can, can we give Ethan a round of applause? All right. Over here, we have Kennedy True Robshaw, daughter of Jason and Lindsay Robshaw, and she is so beautiful. Look at her curly hair. Oh, my goodness. We have a picture of there. Yep. Oh, you're in your cheerleading outfit? Oh, my goodness. Are you a cheerleader? Yes, maybe? You're starstruck. I know. Okay. So, Kennedy, your name means leader. Did you know that? You're a leader. And true means genuine and faithful. I know. And Kennedy True, your name signifies leadership and genuineness. May you grow to be a leader who is characterized by sincerity, compassion, and humility. And my prayer is that you will continue to grow, will commit yourself to the Lord as he will establish your ways. May you always rely on his guidance. I know, it's a big yawn, right? May you always rely on his guidance and trust his faithfulness. I know, I know. And may you be a beacon of light, spreading love and compassion in this world. Philippians 2.13 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. All right, God bless you. Can I have a high five? Maybe? Maybe? Oh, okay. I'll just give you a wave, okay?
And last but not least, we have my man Walker over here. He's got the coolest hat ever. Do you think I can borrow your hat maybe later? Yeah, he's smiling. He's like, yeah, why don't you try that? Uh, so he is son of Lucas and Brooke Bond, and Walker means one who walks or travels. Are you walking around right now? Yeah, you're giving me a smile. Are you giving mom and dad a run for their money? <laughs> he's got a big smile on his face. Uh, Lee means meadow or clearing. And so Walker Lee, your name signifies a traveler through life's meadows and clearings. And may you embrace the journey with courage, curiosity, and resilience as you continue to grow. I pray that you will walk in the ways of the Lord, seeking his guidance and peace in all things. And may your steps be guided. No, we don't want to trip or fall down, right? Yes. (laughs) By his love and grace, and may you be a light to those around you. God bless you, Walker Lee. And my verse for you is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. Amen? God bless you, buddy. God bless you. (laughs) Let's give him a round of applause. Amen. I'm going to ask Hanalee to say our closing blessing over our families and children. Good morning, church. If you will join me in standing and and praying over these families. Father God, we are so thankful for the privilege that you have given us to um, partner with these families, Lord, um, and as they raise their children, Lord, to be a whole part of their family, to be with them every step of the way as they continue to walk with you and grow their child's faith. Um, We're so thankful that they are here with us, Lord, and we just ask that you bless all of these families. Amen. And thank you, church. You may be seated. Can we give these families another round of applause? Amen. Amen. And now you can stand back up.
Exalt the Lord today. Exalt Him and praise Him in the highest.
Let's focus our praise upon Jesus today, our singing upon his name. Let's exalt him. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. You are my God. Sing it again. I will exalt you. give Jesus some praise church hallelujah we exalt you Lord Jesus amen and amen church greet each other turn to your neighbor and tell them hello this morning well good morning church welcome welcome we are so glad that you are joining us this morning. When I think of the body of Christ coming together, um, we all go through a lot throughout the week, but what an incredible gift to be able to celebrate Jesus together under one roof and to praise his name and to dedicate his children. And so we are so thankful that you are joining with us this morning to be a part of what God is doing here at Anastasia Church. My name is Julia. I'm the college and young adult minister here. And if this is your first time, I want to say a special welcome to you. We are so glad that you have chosen to worship with us this morning. Um, thank you for being here. Hopefully you have felt um, loved and greeted and welcomed here today. Today, there's a few ways that you can better connect with us. First of all, you can stop by our welcome desk out in the atrium. We have a gift just for you and um, talk with someone, find out more about who we are as a church and um, hopefully you'll come back. You can also text the number 904-441-6900 and you can text the word connect. That will pull up our digital connect card link, also our bulletin. And that's for whether you're a new guest or you've been here for a while, you can send prayer requests through that. Or if you just wanna take your smartphone out and scan the QR code on the screen, that will also pull up that digital link. So thank you um, for reaching out, letting us know that you're visiting, sharing your prayer requests with us. Um, we greatly appreciate those. A few announcements that we have happening here at our church on Wednesday, November 1st, will be our next Lifehouse Night of Worship in the sanctuary just across the hall. So if you're already here on Wednesday nights, maybe you have kids and kids praise or in youth and you just haven't found a place to get plugged in, I want to encourage you for, to stop in and be a part of that night of worship. And it's just a great opportunity to refresh and have a like a little mid-break for the week and recenter your heart in God. So that will be happening November 1st. We also have a ladies' event happening on November 4th, Sojourners, and it's going to be an incredible evening of fellowship, food, being in the Word. It's only for the ladies. I'm so sorry, guys. You're not invited. But ladies, if you have not signed up to be there, I want to encourage you to stop in the atrium at one of the tables and... Um, 
sign up. I know that you'll be encouraged. I know our women's ministry team is so excited to welcome you and um, just get to be together and worship together. And last but not least, our 55 and better senior adults. Your next luncheon is happening on November 6th, the first Monday of the month. So hopefully if you have not yet plugged in there, maybe um, you're not ready to admit that you qualify for senior adults, but you might actually stop by. It's a great time. They are just such an incredible group of encouragers. And so hopefully you will be able to get plugged in with our senior adult luncheon on November 6th. And with that, I'm really excited for you to turn your attention to the screen because we have baptisms happening this morning. Hey church, good morning. Hey, today is a day to celebrate what God is doing in the life of our church. And uh, I'm joined in the sanctuary right now with all of Children's, children's Ministry. Children's Ministry, can you guys make some noise so they can hear you? All right, amen. They are so excited this morning because we're going to celebrate four young ladies who are getting baptized. But listen, you guys are across the hallway. After each candidate gets baptized, I need you to hear you guys to make some noise in the CLC, all right? They need to hear that you're rejoicing over them because today is an exciting day that we want to give God all the glory. And so I want to introduce you to our candidates this morning. I want to introduce Miss Ellie again. Ellie, you can come up. Ellie, all right, you'll stand right there, and Ellie, look that way. Ellie is in first grade, and when I asked who wanted to go first to be baptized this morning, Ellie said that she wanted to go first. And so, Ellie, we're so excited about your decision to follow Jesus and declaring your faith in him through baptism. So, Miss Ellie, I'm going to ask you two questions. You ready? Uh, one is, do you love Jesus? Yes. Amen. And the second question is, Jesus, your Lord and Savior? Yes. Amen. Well, Ellie, I'm going to have you stand right here. And I'm going to say, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of Christ. Raised to the newness of life. Come on, church, let's make some noise. I'm so excited. All right, I want to introduce you to Miss Isla Petro. Isla is in second grade. And like Miss Ellie, she has been so excited about this day. And I remember I told you earlier during the child dedications that uh, two of our candidates got dedicated in this church. And so this is a fruition of that dedication. We've been praying for, we have longing for, and we have been looking forward to the day that they would accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And today's that day. Amen, church? And so what's also incredible is that uh, Miss Isla's mom and dad were also baptized right here in this baptismal. So such a special day on the many ways. But Miss Isla, I got two questions for you. Are you ready? All right. One is, do you love Jesus? Yes. Amen. Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Yes. Amen. Well, Miss Isla, it's a privilege to baptize you. And I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of Christ's death. Amen. Raised in the newness of life. because she's taller than me. And uh, Kaylee, I'm so excited today because you're getting baptized. And I'm so excited. Not only is Kaylee getting baptized, but her little sister, Sophia, is going to be baptized next. So it's a family thing today. We're so excited. And so Kaylee, I want to ask you two questions. Is, do you love Jesus? I do. Amen. Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Yes. Amen. All right. I'm going to have you face this way. 
I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of Christ's death, raised in the newness of life. Amen. There we go. Sophia is in first grade, and uh, she is a little sister of Kaylee, and so we're so excited for you today to get baptized. And so I have two questions for you. You ready? Do you love Jesus? Yes. Amen. Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Yes. Amen. All right. I'm going to have you stand right here. I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of Christ's death. Amen. Praise to the newness of life. We have all the reasons to worship and give God the glory this morning. I'm going to turn it back over to you in the CLC. God bless you, church. Well, hopefully you were as blessed um, by that as I am this morning. I know I remember seeing Isla and Ellie be dedicated here and just to see them grow in their faith is such a testament to this church family that continuously pours into the next generation. And we're so incredibly thankful for you. If you were here last week, we had more baptisms than God is moving in Anastasia Church. And God is changing lives through Anastasia Church. And it's because of your generosity. When you um, support Anastasia, you're not supporting our church. You're supporting the work of the Lord. And we are so grateful to see how God has used what little we have. Really, in view of who God is and what he can do, what we have is so little and it seems so insignificant. But when we turn it over to God and he blesses it and uses it for amazing things, it's incredible to see. And so I'm so honored that we get to be a part of this each and every week. If you would like to give to Anastasia Church, there's a few ways that you can do that. You can use your smartphone and scan that QR code. There are offering boxes located throughout the church. Um, But just thank you for trusting God to do what only God can do, for trusting God with your resources, for trusting God with your time. And wow, how how he has blessed that. Let's pray. God, we are just so amazed this morning in your magnificence, Lord, in your glory how you have captured the hearts of these little ones at an early age, Lord. And we know that you are doing a great work in them, Lord. And there are so many people in this room who have been just transformed forever, God. When we put our trust in you, Lord, that is life-changing transformation. And God, I just pray as we give our tithes, as we give our money, our time, whatever we have, Lord, that we would continue to be transformed through that, Lord. That we would give sacrificially, that we would give lovingly, and that we would give in abundance, God. We thank you and we love you. Amen.
passage I'm going to be coming from in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We're in this series, if this is your first time here, a series that we're calling Divided Heart. And we're going through some Old Testament passages because there was a time in the nation of Israel when it was divided. They had King Saul who united the kingdom, King David, King Solomon, it was all united. But then after that, they got divided. They had a north kingdom and a south kingdom, and they were divided because their hearts were not wholly serving the Lord. It was a heart issue that caused that division. And so I think it's very important for us to look at these and see what we can do to make sure that we don't have a divided heart, to make sure that we can address the divided hearts in our own lives. So I'm going to spotlight a king in 1 Chronicles chapter 20. His name is King Jehoshaphat. King Jehoshaphat, he ruled in the southern kingdom. He had the north kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. He reigned in the southern kingdom of Judah. And so if you're following along with the sermon notes, the first thing you can write down is this. Jehoshaphat means, his name means Yahweh has judged. Yahweh, Yahweh is the name of God. Jeho, Jehovah, that first part of the name is the name of God. That Shaphat, that means to judge or to govern or to vindicate or to, to punish. And so it means Yahweh has judged. And it's such a good name for this king. Because this king, he set up judicial reform in Israel. This was 100 years after King Solomon. And what he did was he set up Levites to take care of religious matters. And he set up just secular judges to come in and, secular, and to judge the other things. And he told all of them, he said, when you judge... You need to judge as though you were the mouth of God. You need to judge as though you were representing God. You need to be that voice of justice and fairness and and godliness into the people. And so this is what he did. A hundred years after after King Solomon reigned, he tried to bring those judicial reforms. He made peace. He made peace with the king of the north. You heard about King Ahab last week. He made peace with King Ahab. However, that was not seen as a good thing. As a matter of fact, just before we get to the passage we're going to look at in depth, in 2 Chronicles 19, it says there was a guy named Jehu. He was the son of Hanani, the seer, and went out to meet and said to King Jehoshaphat, this is right after Jehoshaphat and Ahab were in a battle, and they won that battle. And this is what the prophet said to Jehoshaphat. Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Because of this, wrath has gone out against you from the Lord. Nevertheless, some good is found in you. For you've destroyed the Asheroth out of the land. These are false worship places. And have set your heart to seek God. And basically he said, you know, you're doing mostly good, but there's some things that you're not doing good. And because of this, you're going to get some judgment from God, but also some approval from God, okay? What a good summary of, of Jehoshaphat's reign. And I think it's a good summary of a lot of our, our lives. But what I want to focus on here is a battle, that King Jehoshaphat did fight. And it was a battle that he really needed to win because what was happening, people were coming, armies were coming to destroy Judah. They were coming to destroy the Hebrew home state and they were just surrounding them. And how Jehoshaphat uh, worked in that battle, it, it was so very, very important and it was very, very crucial. So anyway, this was a battle that mattered. You know, not all, you don't have to fight every battle. Did you know that? You do not have to fight every battle. Knowing which battles to fight and which ones to sit out, that is crucial. And I want you to know, there are battles that really matter. And when they really matter, God, we're on the side of God. And when you're on the side of Jesus Christ, you're going to be on the winning side ultimately and forever. And so you want to be on the side of God in these battles. So anyway, we're still in the battle. 
While while we're here on earth, we're in a spiritual battle, and I want to be with Christ so I can win those battles. So anyway, 1 Chronicles chapter 20, this is an amazing, amazing story. This is Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, amazing miracles of God happening, and so we're going to get into it. I'm going to read 30 verses, give you 13 points in 25 minutes. Get ready. Get ready. Okay? Get ready. Okay? Here's what it is. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 4. After this, after he set up all those judicial reforms, after this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and with them some of the Meonites came against Jehoshaphat for battle. All those people on the other side of the Jordan River, they were ganging up against them. And some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea. And behold, they are in Hatzatzon Tamar, that is in Gedi. And then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. If you want to win the battles that really matter, here's the first thing. Seriously fast and seek the Lord. Seriously fast and seek the Lord. We don't talk about fasting much. But fasting is getting rid of the junk of life. You know, and and, and in a pure sense, it is a food fast. It's getting rid of food, getting rid of some things that are very, very basic, getting rid of food so you can just focus on seeking the Lord. But it's it's getting rid of the junk so that you you can really spend your time seeking what God is saying to you. You know, if you can do a food fast, I encourage you to do a food fast. You know, because if you can go without food for three days, and I know some of you can't do it because of medical reasons, but if you can do that, and if you can go without food for three days, and you're seeking God's will and God's direction in your life, I want you to know something. Some things will not be as important. It will not matter as much to you that the other table in the restaurant got their food before your table, five minutes before your table, because you understand in the bigger eternal scheme of things, that doesn't matter. So I want to fast. I want to seek the Lord. You know, we'll we'll fast for a blood test. Can you skip a meal to seek the Lord? You know, know, it's a time to get rid of whatever it is that's getting between you and God. So if you really want to win those battles that really matter, seriously fast and seek the Lord. Get rid of stuff while you're trying to seek the Lord. Verse five of this passage. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord before the new court. He's out there in the temple there, in the temple court. And he said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, Drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. And they've lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. What a prayer! What a prayer. To hear our national leaders pray a prayer like that would be amazing. To hear our people gather together for prayer. I'm I'm getting ready with some leaders in our community, pastors in our community. We're trying to put together a national day of prayer breakfast here at Anastasia, May 2nd. Wouldn't that be, you need to come, okay? 
you need to come, but we need to gather together and just pray. Boy, to hear people gather for prayer, to win the battles that really matter, we gotta pray in the power of God for the faithful mercy of God. Pray in the power of God. He's powerful, right? And he's merciful, okay? He is faithful in his mercy. He's faithful, so just seek him. And so anyway, going on, this prayer is continuing. Verse 10, and now Jehoshaphat is praying. Behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Zaire, those people on the other side of the Jordan River, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt and whom they avoided and did not destroy. The people that that they showed mercy to as they're leaving Egypt and going to the promised land. Behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. In this prayer, King Jehoshaphat is declaring and claiming the promises of God. He's claiming the inheritance that God is giving them. You know, Jehoshaphat knew that he wasn't just a political leader. He wasn't just this random person that was on the throne. He was a steward of the inheritance of God. You know, to win the battles that really matter, you need to know and boldly claim your inheritance before our God. Know and boldly claim the inheritance. We have an inheritance. And while you're here on earth and you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a steward of the inheritance that God has given to you. Do you know what your inheritance is? We know there's the inheritance of the promised land for the Jewish people. That's what the Bible says, giving to the descendants of Abraham forever. We know that. But do you know what your inheritance is? Let me tell you what your inheritance is. Heaven. Heaven is your inheritance. Yeah. Are you claiming heaven? Are you claiming that whatever happens on this earth, even if the worst happens, that you're going to be in heaven? Wow. You know what else you have as an inheritance? You have the presence of God. God's presence in this place, in your life. That's your inheritance. You can claim that. God, I know you're going to be with me because you said you would be with me. You will never, ever forsake me. Isn't that powerful? You know what our, 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 our inheritance is? The fruit of the Spirit. The love, claim the love, the joy, the peace, the power, all that stuff, the the thankfulness, the gentleness, all that. That's our inheritance. We can claim that, that God is going to grow that spiritual fruit. You know what also is our inheritance? The presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives to sustain us until we get to heaven. We have an inheritance. Claim your inheritance. Know your inheritance. Grasp that inheritance. In the name of God, you know what our inheritance is? His blessing and his favor on our lives. So then, the prayer continues, verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that's coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. This is the end of the prayer. He didn't end it with an amen. He ended it with a a statement. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Do you ever end a prayer like that? Lord, I just don't know what to do. Uh, Those are the prayers that that really matter, not the ones you're just sort of spouting off before a mealtime and just sort of wrote saying the word. This is like life is really coming down hard. And you end the prayer by saying, Lord, I just don't know what to do, but I'm looking at you, you know? And this is, if you want to win the battles that really matter, here's the next thing. In humility, in humility, recognizing that we can't save ourselves. In humility, turn our eyes to the Lord for the next step. 
That's like the first step of salvation. This is the first step of salvation is in humility. You're saying, I can't save myself, Lord. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are toward you. That's the first step of salvation. It's the first step of every day after salvation. Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. You know, sometimes we don't take the right step because we don't know everything. I'm your pastor, but I am not omniscient, okay? And let me tell you, none of you are omniscient either. Just raise your hand right now and say, I am not omniscient. I am not omniscient. Okay. And that's okay. Because God never called us to be omniscient and know everything. He's the one who's doing that, right? So in humility, we say, Lord, uh, let us look to you. And we turn our eyes to Jesus and the Lord for, for wisdom and for salvation. So we're continuing on. Meanwhile, this is after the prayer. All Judah stood before the Lord. Here they are in the temple with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Baniah, the son of Jael, the son of Matanyah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. All Judah gathered together, families, their little ones gathered together, wives and children. The Spirit of the Lord was there. The leaders were there. The prophets were there. This is community circling the wagons. And, and in the battles that really matter, this is the point I want to make. Don't face the battle in isolation. Don't face it alone. You know, that's why we gather together as church, so we can encourage each other in the battles that really matter. Don't face the battles in isolation. That's why we go to life group. That's why we connect with people and we share our prayer requests with each other. And we have those people that we can share those dark things that we need help in. Don't face the battle in isolation, gather and unite with the community of faith. And then we're gonna move on to verse 15. And he said, this is the prophet, this isn't Jehoshaphat, this is the prophet. He said, listen all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde for the battle is not yours, but God's. Powerful words. Isn't this an amazing passage? I love this passage. You know, this is, this is the point. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Straight from the word of God. You want to win the battles that are matter? Don't let fear run your life. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. The plan for your life is not a plan to live in fear. Paul wrote in Romans 8, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Fear is slavery. But you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We have a Father in heaven we can go to. We don't have to be afraid. I got a, a good, big, strong, powerful Father. Praise God, praise God. And he's gonna to go to battle for us and look in that same verse. He says, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle belongs to God. What I've noticed in my years is that Christian life is more about surrender than almost anything else. It is more about surrender than most anything else, surrender and submitting. And if I want to win the battles that really matter, I need to learn to surrender to the Lord, not the enemy, but I want to surrender to the Lord. I'm surrendering the fear to the Lord. I'm surrendering the preparation to the Lord. I'm surrendering the strategy to the Lord. Everything I need to give to the Lord, I want to surrender that. And so I want to make sure I'm giving my life up to him. I want to win the battles that really matter. I need to understand he's already won it. I want to stay close to his side. 
Uh, he's already won the battle. I want to stay close to the victor. I want to be as close as I possibly can because I know he's going to win. So I want to get as close as I can to him. Verse 16. Tomorrow, this is the prophet speaking, Jehoshaphat. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they'll come up by the ascent of Ziz. They're going to come up the mountain passes. You'll find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeuel, And you'll not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm. Hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Here's the point. He said, don't fight this battle. You do not need to fight. You need to stand firm. We live in battles. We, live, we go to work and we're in battles. Okay? There are spiritual battles. There are financial battles. And there are some people, and you know them, there are some people that are not happy unless they're in a battle. There are some people that are not happy unless they're in an argument or they have some sort of drama with somebody else. And what he's saying here, don't fight when you don't need to fight. Stand firm and fight are not the same thing. Did you know that? Stand firm and fighting are not the same thing. And here it says, stand firm. And it says, literally, don't fight. And so the point is this, you want to win the battles that really matter? Move when God says move and stand where God says stand. Move where God says move and stand when God says stand. Sometimes we lose some spiritual battles that really matter because we don't, we don't stand firm and we fight personal battles that don't need to be fought. You know, sometimes we, we try to defend ourselves when God says, it's not time to defend yourselves, let me defend you. We don't have to defend ourselves if we're on the side of the Lord and the Lord has promised to defend us. So the question I have for you is, do you fight battles that don't have to be fought? <laughs> okay, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Move when God says move. Stand firm when God says stand firm. Okay, verse 17. He says, you'll not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position. Then he says, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Part of winning the battles is recognizing when we have the victory. Okay, See the salvation. You know, if you want to win the battles, notice when you actually win. Cultivate an awareness of the Lord's presence and, and also the Lord's activity. Cultivate it. God's working all around us and we get victories every day. And sometimes we don't notice because we're moving on to the next battle. When God gives you a victory, celebrate the victory. Now, how do you do that? Here's how I do that. In my opinion. I think it's my sanctified opinion because I brought this to the Lord. Okay. In my opinion, I think it starts in the morning. It starts in the morning when you greet the Lord in prayer. It starts in the morning where you listen to his word and listening to what he says. And then you watch all day and see what God is saying. God's working all around us all day long. Sometimes we just don't notice it because we haven't even said hi to him that day. And we're just going on our way. We don't even understand that God is working in power. Do you know what God is doing all day? He made the sun to rise today. He's inspiring the grass to grow. He's commanding rain to fall today somewhere. He's escorting a child into birth, into this life. You know what God is doing today? 
He's, he's restoring a relationship that's been hurt for many, many years. He's, he's providing a solution where there was no solution before and suddenly this solution appears, okay? Where there wasn't one before. If you cultivate that awareness of God that that is God moving, you're gonna notice something. You're gonna notice that that amazing coincidence was not a coincidence at all. That amazing coincidence was actually the hand of God bringing a miracle. Cultivate that powerful awareness of God. So then verse 18 and 19, after he heard the prophet, then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord and the Levites of the Kohathites and the Korahites, those are just two subsections of Levites. They stood up to praise the Lord with the God of Israel and look at this, with a very loud voice before the battle, Before the victory, they praise the Lord because there is an intense power in praise. There's intense power in praise. Then this is the next point. Spiritual victories are empowered by praise. They didn't praise just when they won the battle. They praised the Lord going into the battle. And that's so very, very important, you know. We, We praise the Lord when we face the battle. And you notice how they praised him? They praised him out loud. Do you know how many notes I get from people that say, you know, I went to church and just want you to know that worship is too. (laughs) Anyway, we'll go there. (laughs) Do you know what a home team advantage is? (laughs) You know what a home team advantage is? It's when you go into the football game and your team is there and they're at the home team and everybody is almost room for the home team and the other, the visitors, they just have just a few people. And it's an advantage. It's like having another person on the field, okay? And it's so powerful. And I tell you what, guys, I'm a guy. Okay, I'm a guy. I'm gonna talk to you man to man. Guys, we'll go to a football game and some of you will take your shirts off and cover yourselves with body paint. And you'll scream and you'll yell and you'll look like absolute lunatic idiots, sometimes on national TV, okay? Because it's your home team. And then you'll come into worship and you're going to be a little embarrassed. And so you're not going to posture yourself in a way that's going to bring any kind of attention to you. We serve a powerful God. It's okay to raise our hands in worship. It's okay to put our hands together and clap. It's okay. It's okay to, to just be a little expressive in our movie. It's okay because we serve a good God and spiritual battles are, are empowered by praise. Powered by praise. So yeah, I, I think great. Shout out for your home team, but realize the home team you're really on is God's home team. God's home team. We serve a great God. If you believe you have a great God, would you say amen? Amen. Amen. I love it, church. That's what we do. That's what we do. Because you know, everything in heaven, when we get to heaven, there's that throne room there and Jesus Christ on the throne there by the throne of God, the Lamb of God. And they got the elders and they got the creatures and they got the multitudes and they're all around the throne. They're looking and in a loud, loud voice, they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And worship in heaven is powerful. And that worship is going on now. 
And it's empowering spiritual victories even, even here on earth. Let me go on here. In verse 20, and they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat said, hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. You'll be established. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. And when he'd taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire. And they went before the army and say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing praise, I just got to say here, I love this strategy. If you're leading the army, let's put the praise band in front. I'm going to stand in back. I think that's a great thing to do. That's what they did. Okay. And then they said, they began to sing in praise. And the Lord set an ambush against the man of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who come against Judah. So that they were routed for the man of the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir. Okay. They took each other out. And then... When they made an end of the inhabitants' ear, they helped to destroy one another. Evil destroyed evil. Praise God for that. And then in verse 24, when Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked toward the horde and behold, there were dead bodies lying on the ground. None had escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found among them in great numbers goods, clothing, precious things which they took for themselves until they could carry no more. They were three days in taking the spoil. It was so much. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Bedecha, for there they blessed the Lord. Bedecha means blessing. Therefore, the name of the place has been called the valley of Bedecha to this day. And then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat at their head, returning to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. They came to Jerusalem with harps and lyres and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God came on all the kingdoms of the countries when they'd heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Here's the point. Exuberantly celebrate God's victories in our lives. They celebrate. We get a victory. We need to celebrate the victory. We need to, we need to give God the praise and the glory because he's doing amazing things. And then in verse 30, this is the last verse I'm going to mention, okay? Verse 30, so the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for as God gave him rest all around. This is the point I want to make. If you're in the battle, if you're hurting, if you're at odds with someone, if you feel like you're overwhelmed, here, here it is. Battles are not forever. Battles are not forever. We have victory in the Lord. Are you, are you battle-weary and war-torn? Battles are not forever. You're going through a spiritual battle right now. The battle is not forever. There is victory. How do I find that victory? Jesus said it this way in Matthew 11. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. A lot of us here are in the battle and we need rest and we're tired of fighting and you have that rest it's given to you you can claim that rest in Jesus Christ just right now to the Lord say Lord I need relief from the battle Lord Jesus I want to trust in you Lord I need you to protect me I need you to give me the victory where I cannot see a victory and he will bring it he will bring it in the power of his name Are you ready for the victory? I'm gonna ask you to stand right now. After I pray, you know, God may be calling you to step forward. There may be an area of your life you want to pray about. (coughs) Excuse me. Come up here and pray. Give that to God. Seek the Lord. 
Maybe you need a step of faith, you need counseling. If you want to be a part of this family and join in community and not face the battle in isolation, we have counselors over here that will help you. You just want to pray with me, whatever God's calling. But I want you to know we're all in a battle, but we're in a battle together. It's God's battle, and he has victory for you, and that victory is in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, I thank you so much for the power of your word. Lord, I thank you that you do great and mighty things when we can't see even the next step. And Lord, I pray if there's someone here who needs you. Lord, if they're looking to you, they're seeking your face, and Lord, you show them. You show them who you are and what you can do. And Lord, move among us, Lord. Show us your power, Lord. Show us the solutions, Lord. And praise to your name. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. If God's calling you, you come. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Oh